Malambang Podcast. We hope this message encourages and inspires you today. Well, hello, Victory Family. We'd like to greet a happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. Uh, we'd like to acknowledge those of you who are moms here in the site, here in Festival Mall. And for those of you who are watching us uh, from your own homes, happy Mother's Day. And today, we'd like to appreciate and express our love for each of you. Um, how we hope that we can actually give you physical roses, uh, but uh, because it's quarantine, so we won't do that right now. But we, don't, we do want to pray for you. And, uh, you know, I just want to appreciate each mom. And we're, I'm going to ask the moms here uh, in this place to stand later on. But, you know, as, as we talk about moms, I, I, how many of you appreciate your moms? I believe that all of us appreciate our moms, amen? Because without our moms, we won't be here, amen? And so we want to thank our moms. And, um, you know, when you talk about mothers... Three things come to my mind as I was just uh, thinking about it uh, before I stepped in here uh, in this place. You know, the first thing that I think about is the word service. That, you know, our moms are there to serve us. You know, whether they have been ready or not, you know, the young moms, whether they have been trained or not, they have been there to serve, you know. Um, whether you are a 20-plus-year-old mom or maybe a 40-plus-year-old mom, somehow innate in your nature, uh, innate in you, has been uh, you know, created by God to serve your children and even your husband. Uh, th- second thing is uh, this word called sacrifice. You know, I, you know, just looking at my mom, my, my wife, your moms, you know, your wives, the philosophy of your husband, I, I believe that you appreciate uh, them just sacrificing their time, their effort, even their personal things in order for them to be able to put their family first. Uh, even um, before them. And so we'd love to just uh, thank you for that. Thank you so much for the, you know, service, the sacrifice. And also last thing is the selfless love. You know, just uh, amazing how, how you have actually been, uh, you know, and I know it's, it's been difficult. Uh, even before the pandemic, it's been difficult. And how many of you know that with this pandemic, it's probably more difficult because you don't get to have a break. Uh, before the pandemic, you know, you you know, say goodbye to your husband, they go home. I mean, they go to work. You say goodbye to your kids, they go to school. Now, you don't say goodbye to them at all. You say hello every time. And you say, andito ka pa rin. But anyway, but you know, it's there. You know, the sacrifice, the service, and the sacrificial love, and the selfless love. And we want to honor and thank you for that. We thank you for your strength. We thank you for the blessing that you are to our families. And so, if you are a mom here, uh, please stand up. We want to pray for you. Uh, don't be bashful. Don't be shy. Okay, we want to pray for you right now. And for those of you who are moms at home, uh, we want to thank you and we want to bless you right now. You know, if you are gathered around your moms, go ahead and please stretch out your hands to them. Uh, we want to bless them right now. And for those of you who have lost moms as well, you know, we want to remember you as well. We want to pray for grace. You know, for those who have lost moms, you know, uh, some of us are grieving or many of us have been grieving because of the loss of moms even during this time of the pandemic. It's been difficult. And so we want to pray for God's grace upon all of us as well. So Lord, we thank you so much for each mom that is here and for those watching at home. Father, I pray that your presence would be with them. You'll refresh them today as they have given their best for their family. I thank you, Lord God, with the same selfless love that, you have, that they have given to each one, Lord God, their child, their, their, their husband, the people that they love. I thank you that you will also allow them to feel your selfless and unconditional love for them today. So, Lord, refresh them. I pray, God, that whatever they're praying for, God, may you meet them where they are. 
Lord, I thank you, God, that you will provide breakthrough, protect the family members as well from any sickness, from any harm and calamity, God. And I thank you, Lord, God, that you will give comfort even for those who have lost their moms, God. I pray, God, that you would take them through their grief, God. And I thank you that you are the God uh, who is uh, caring for those who are grieving, God. Blessed are those who mourn because they will be comforted, Lord God. So today we thank you that you will give us, Lord God, a greater appreciation for our mothers. And we thank you for the gift that they are to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Can we give the Lord a hand for every mother that we have in our church? And speaking of moms, we'd like to invite you to a mom talk. Changing times, constant God. That's going to be on May 15 via YouTube and Facebook at 3 p.m. So please uh, take note of the schedule. Uh, that's going to be uh, May 15 at 3 p.m. And you're going you're gonna to hear stories and wisdom. We've got some several moms who are going to share uh, their journey as mothers as they raise of kids. Some of them experienced loss. Uh, and how they have managed from, uh, you know, career and then home life and so much more. So we want to invite every mother or every woman, uh, you know, if you want to be a mom also someday, uh, go ahead and, uh, you know, join us for Mom Talk. That's May 15, okay? Changing times, constant God, okay? Today we're continuing with our series on uh, Trustworthy and... Um, you know, we're still going through the book of Isaiah. How many of you are appreciating the, you know, the, the series so far, you know, on the book of Isaiah, that God is a trustworthy God? Amen. You know, two weeks ago, we talked about God's uh, faithfulness. You know, God has, you know, sub, has been constant with His love for each and every one of us. Uh, last week, we talked about God's, um, uh, sorry, the mental backward. God's faithfulness, God's salvation. Yeah, we talked about the mountain of the Lord, okay? Wow, last week lang yun. No? Anyway, so, and today, guess what? We're gonna talk about God's passion or God's jealousy. In other words, we're gonna talk about idolatry. And I was praying, asking the Lord, Lord, how do I connect idolatry with Mother's Day? And I was just asking the Lord, grabe, I need the Holy Spirit and I need grace in order for us to be able to connect and combine and Bring an encouraging word for everyone, particularly the moms. And you know, when you talk about the subject of motherhood, I cannot imagine the journey that mothers go through. You know, from childbearing, to nurturing, to teaching the kids, to child rearing, to disciplining them, to instructing them, to, you know, mediating squabbles among children. How many of you can relate with that? How many of you have been in any sibling rivalry that you feel that you're better than your brother or sister. And sometimes you get jealous. You're not seeing it putting in jealous word, no? And sometimes you get jealous and moms are there to mediate, you know, disputes among siblings. And I believe that, you know, one of the things that we can learn about the love of God, the passion of God for us is our God is indeed a jealous God that is passionate for us. And I believe moms are also madly in love with her children, and even with her husband. So I would like to just put that as an introduction. And, uh, you know, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 2. We're going to continue from what we have read last week. Last week we read Isaiah chapter 2, verse 1 to 5. And today we're going to look at verse 6 to 8, okay? Isaiah chapter 2, verse 6 to 8. And if you are here with your Bibles, I'd like to invite you to stand with me as we give attention uh, 
uh, honor and attention to the Word of God. And for those of you watching at home, uh, please go ahead and open uh, your Bible. If you have a physical Bible right there, or just look at your screen because I believe some verses will come out from there. So Isaiah chapter 2, beginning in verse 6. For you have rejected your people, the house of Jacob, because they are full of things from the east and of fortune tellers like the Philistines. And they strike hands with the children of foreigners. Their land is filled with silver and gold and there is no end to their treasures. Their land is filled with horses and there is no end to their chariots. Their land is filled with idols. They bow down to the work of their hands to what their own fingers have made. This is the word of the Lord. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, I just pray that as a people, that you would keep us from the sin of idolatry and that you would help us to be faithful to you as you have always been faithful to us. And you have never, ever failed us yet. Not in the past, not today, and nor will you ever be be in the future. We thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may all be seated. Would you kindly smile the person beside you and just, uh, you know, use your eyes to communicate. You know, sometimes, you know, we actually have to be creative in communicating now the people that we meet. You know, sometimes I actually am guessing, who are these people that are greeting me? And just by the look of your eyes, I can distinguish who you are. I know that's Jenny, and I know that's Mary, and I know that's Mary Grace, and I know that's this Cap Allen. So, you know, somehow your eyes communicate. How many of you know that your eyes can communicate your emotions? You don't have to show your face, okay? Anyway, the scripture or the verse that we have uh, read actually shows a strong rebuke by God to His people. For the past two weeks, we're talking about God's faithfulness, about God's salvation, and yet, in the book of Isaiah, you will see that God called the prophet Isaiah to be a messenger to his people Israel because they have been wayward in the covenant that God has, uh, you know, given to them. And, you know, whenever we talk about covenant, you know, one thing comes to mind is marriage, right? That we are to be faithful with the covenant that we have cut with our spouse. And so, how many of you would agree with me that God will always, always be faithful with His covenant with us. And yet we know that in the story, in the Old Testament, the people of God have been in a cycle of crying out to God, being blessed, forgetting God, going to idolatry, going through some tribulations and trials because foreign nations will actually invade them. And then they will cry out to God again and God will forgive and God will bless them. And the cycle goes on and on and on. And how many of you sometimes can relate to the Israelites? That, you know, God has been so gracious to us. God's been faithful to us. You know, God's blessed us. But yet, in the midst of our blessing, sometimes, I'm not going to say many times, but sometimes we can actually be caught up too much with the blessing of God. Actually, that can entrap us. You know, I remember, uh, you know, one of our panelists during the breakout session in the Salt and Light Conference, Alex Castillo said that the, the, the pandemic is actually a reset by God. You know, God caused a reset, you know, from all the things that we have been chasing after. And God has brought us to a place where we can only just cry out to Him and appreciate 
the bare essential. Amen. How many of you are appreciating the essentials in your life? Amen. Lugao. Thank you, Lord. And now we're still talking about the covenant of God and the love of God for His people and how God's people have turned away from them. But yet, you can never turn away the love of God for them. Because God is so passionately in love with His people, so much like a mother. Praise God. A mother is so passionately in love with her kids. You know, I believe that mothers will continue to love their children no matter what their children will become. God has His people etched in His heart, just like children have a permanent imprint in the hearts of mothers. You know, last week we talked about the first five verses of Isaiah chapter 2. And we talked about the fulfillment of God's promise to Judah in the future. That, uh, you know, we talked about the latter days and how the mountain of the Lord will be the highest of all mountains and how the peoples of the earth will actually be drawn to the salvation of God. And so the first five verses talks about that, the promise of God in the future being fulfilled. That's the future. And then we go to verse 6. And verse 6 actually is the present state when Isaiah was writing of the people of God during that time, how they were wayward and unfaithful to God. And how they have worshipped idols instead of the true and living God. And let's go back to verse 6. The Bible says, They are full of things from the east and of fortune tellers like the Philistines. Have you ever actually, you know, uh, gone to, uh, you know, maybe a you know, crystal ball or you know, fortune teller or tarot card or horoscope? And you've actually you know, looked at the stars and looked at all this and based your trust in your future on this? They've allowed their fate and their future to be in the hands of fortune tellers. They strike their hands with the children of foreigners. So what this word is saying is that instead of Israel influencing other nations, they are the ones influenced by the pagan nations in their idolatrous ways. Now, how many of you know that when God called Abraham during the time, in Genesis chapter 12, He said, I'm going to call you out from the different nations. You have, you'll have a, na- a great name and I will bless you so that you'll be a blessing to many nations. And how many of you know that we are also children of Abraham and God calls us to be a blessing to many nations? And God calls us as salt and light to be an influencer. That we are not to be following the ways of the world. You know, Judah had a, uh, you know, a, 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 a false gods that captured their attention and even their affection. And God wants us, as a people of God, to be faithful to Him. You know, we talk about other culture or race. God is not against culture. God is not against different race. In fact, God is the one who made diversity. How many of you know that? God loves colors. I mean, He made people with different shapes, size, colors. There's white, there's black, there's brown, there's yellow, and there's pink. And how many of you appreciate your brown skin? Look at your skin. How many of you appreciate your brown skin? Okay. You were cooked just right. Exacto lang yan. Right temp, and you were brought out at the right time. I'm just kidding. 
And whatever it is that we have, God made us. It's not, there's nothing against diversity about God. But yet, what He is against are the customs and the culture of the pagan nations that are introducing His beloved people to false gods. And as I said earlier, you know, we've been emphasizing on being salt and light during this time, right? And that we are, the reality is, God called us to influence the world. You know, we have been uh, inundated and we have been exposed to a lot of social media uh, things like IG or uh, FB, YouTube or TikTok, you know. And, you know, you have actually watched and seen so many influencers in social media. And how the content creator are actually, you know, somehow the world are consuming so much content from those people who are trying to influence the people who are watching. And they are actually doing, actually a, a, they're having a gain in that. But I believe that as a church, God called you and me as salt and light, SNL. Everybody say SNL, not Saturday Night Live, okay? Salt and light. To be influencers. You know, you don't have to have a big following on IG to be an influencer. God called you to be an influencer to your family, to your community, to wherever you're working. Amen. And God wants us not to be following the ways of the world, but let the world follow our ways. Amen. And that's who we are. The church ought to be the influencers in the government place, in the marketplace, in uh, community, society, media, art, science, medicine, so on and so forth. Yet Israel failed to fulfill its God-given role as a blessing to many nations. And there are three things that have captured and corrupted Judah, you know, and tore their heart away from God. And we see that in the scripture. And the first is wealth. Everybody say wealth. I mean, if you're not God, has nothing against wealth. God loves to bless His people. These are the material possessions. We've, we've prayed for that earlier. And we're standing with those who are in need. We're standing with those who are in need of provision. In fact, Judah in that time was in a material prosperity, but yet they have given themselves to economic idolatry. They have had too much that they started to think that this is what they need. You know, God wants to bless His people not to the point of being entrapped by those blessings. That's why in verse 7, it says, Their land is filled with silver and gold, and there is no end to their treasure. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the prosperity that Judah had at that time? And who caused them to be prosperous? I believe it's God, but their hearts were drawn away by the material possession. You know, how much is enough? The Bible says, he who loves wealth will never be satisfied with it, no matter how much he has. How many of you sometimes, you know, you look at Lazada or Shopee. Sorry if, if I put this, you know, 5.5 five or 6.6 six or whatever. There's no end to that, right? How many of you know that there's always going to be something next month? And that this particular ad will say, you know, last 24 hours offer. And here you are. You're going to be pressured. 
you just bought yesterday. And it's about to be delivered next week. And you said, sayang yung deal eh. We're not going to be satisfied with the things that we think we need. We see that Israel may be full, but in reality, they've always been empty. How many of you know that the moment that particular order that you have, and I'm sorry, uh, you know, I've ordered from Lazada as well, okay? I'm not saying that I did not order from Lazada or Shopee. And my kids love them, okay? But... We need to distinguish needs from wants. You know, a good deal can be a good deal, and that's great. Praise God for that. Thank you, Lord, for the savings. But if a good deal becomes a good deal today and later on and another time tonight and tomorrow morning and I cannot sleep anymore because I'm excited for 6-6, you know. That is taken our heart really from what is important and necessary. And I realize that when you talk about idolatry, idolatry can come in different shapes and forms. It doesn't have to be a physical idol. Anything that is drawing our hearts away from God becomes an idol. Amen. Power is the second thing. Self-sufficiency, trust in one's strength, self-reliance. You know, instead of trusting in the power of God to deliver them, the Bible says their land is filled with horses. And there's no end to their chariots. You know, they're actually uh, building up an armed forces. And how many of you know that the nations of today, they're not just after economy, they're after militarizing their, you know, their, their nation as protection from foreign invaders. You know how I wish that we have all the advanced warships that is flying in the West Philippine Sea. That will protect our small islands that is rightfully ours. Sorry, wala akong pinaparinggan. Hindi naman ako naiintindihan at tatagalog ako. Makakasi i-broadcast dun eh. Huwag niyo akong susubukan. No, just kidding. But I remember when God called Gideon in the book of Judges chapter 6, and Gideon was very timid and God told him, you're a mighty man of God and I'm going to call you to deliver my people Israel. And so he assembled 32,000 men against a multitude of Midianite soldiers. And God told uh, Gideon, you have too many men. You don't need that much. So from 32, send those men who are scared. 20,000 left. Daming takot. Ten, uh, you know, 22,000 left, 10,000 were left, uh, stayed with Gideon. And God said to Gideon, you still have too many men. Sort out those who will drink and, you know, lap like dogs and so on and so forth. 300 men were left. And God told Gideon, now we're talking. Now you can fight and defeat your enemy. They don't even have horses and chariots. And they're against thousands of Midianite soldiers who are experienced in war. How many of you know that God won a great victory that day? Because the victory does not come from horses or chariots. The victory comes from the Lord. Amen. Come on now. 
Come on, give the Lord praise. And I believe that even during this time of pandemic, yes, I believe in vaccination. Don't get me wrong. I'm done with my two jobs. Thank you, Lord, that I had comorbidity. A3. Sometimes, blessing pala na meron kang hypertension. No? Fipre ako, Lord. Pagalingin mo ako. And then, may hypertension ako. Na A3 ako. O di, priority ako. Anyway, so, I got my two vaccinations. I believe in that. And I thank God for that. But will I put my trust in my vaccination to be protected from COVID? No, I put my trust in the Lord. I believe in the miracle of healing, but I also believe in the medicine that God gave us. So believe in both. Because God gave both as a gift to us. But ultimately, God is our deliverer. Look at the person beside you and tell that person, God is our deliverer. Yeah, okay, good. I understand you guys. And number three, idols. And this is really what we're talking about. Worshiping things that God has, that man has made. That's idolatry. And in verse 8, it says, their land is filled with what? With idols. Oh man, I thought they're worshiping the living God. But yet Judah is being described as a land filled with idols. They bow down to the work of their hands to what their own fingers have made. You know, idolatry is the ultimate abomination to our Creator, God, who made us. God made us in His own image and like this. And why are we bowing down to images that our hands have created? Wow. You know, somehow I realize that we have an innate temptation to worship what we have made and accomplished instead of worshiping the one who made us. You know, just Look at the past. And God does not want our attention away from Him. He is actually jealous for us. Wow. Pastor, are you serious? And you say, God is jealous? Isn't jealous a bad word? I mean, can God have jealousy? How many of you have actually felt jealous in the past? Would you admit that? Please raise your hand. Or raise your eyebrow. I mean, you've been jealous because, you know, someone is actually better than you or this person has been promoted because you deserve that promotion. Or maybe as a sibling, you are jealous because you feel that that sibling is more favored by your parents. And you're jealous. Just like the brothers of Joseph have been jealous and they wanted to kill him. In fact, they, they attempted to kill him. Jealousy is a powerful emotion. But yet God is, can God be jealous? Let's go back to Exodus chapter 20 and revisit what God gave the Israelites, the Ten Commandments. In Exodus chapter 20, we're just going to read a few verses. It says, verse 3, You shall have no other gods before me. Commandment number 1. And then commandment number 2 says, verse 4, You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in the heaven above or that in the, in the earth beneath or that is in the water or under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them for I, the Lord, your God, am what? A jealous God. There's that term. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers and the children to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me up to the third generation only. But guess what in verse 6? But showing steadfast love to the thousands of those who love me and keep my commands. You know, we're not going to dwell too much on the idolatry. 
And we are familiar with that. But on the response of God to such sin. You know, God is faithful to His people and He wants us to be faithful to Him. God does not want to just have jealousy for us. In fact, God calls Himself a jealous God. Not only is He describing Himself as jealous, but He introduced Himself as, I am jealous. Exodus chapter 34 talks about that. For you shall worship no other God for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. Twice in one verse is the word jealous appearing in the text. I am jealous, for I am a jealous God. Imagine introducing yourself to another person, first time you've met that person. Hi, my name is Siloso. I mean, can you imagine the response of that person? And you know, you're, you're, you know, here you are, you're a single man, and you're introducing yourself to a single lady. Hi, I'm Siloso. I mean, I'm trying to just imagine the response of that lady. I mean, will that lady go out on a date with that guy? (laughs) Because sometimes you feel that when you talk about jealousy, jealousy is so possessive. Jealousy is so selfish. Jealousy is not trusting. Jealousy is actually on the negative side of things. But wait. I think when you talk about jealousy on the human characteristic, yes, it may actually have that. Because, you know, the the Bible actually talks about jealousy that's bad, but it also talks about sanctified jealousy. There is such a thing as sanctified jealousy. Such jealousy is a proper response of a husband or a wife whose trust has been violated by infidelity. I mean, that is one situation for me that I would agree that you got to feel something there, guy. And I would find it odd for a spouse to not react at all if she finds out that her husband is unfaithful to her. I mean, what would that mean? It means that maybe the wife does not love the husband so much or maybe she is actually just waiting for this opportunity to get out of that relationship. But if you really, 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 Love your spouse. You will fight for that relationship. And the appropriate response is jealous. When a sacred and exclusive covenant relationship is violated or dishonored, then a sanctified jealousy is the passionate love and zeal that fights to restore that union. Sometimes jealousy is warranted in the situation in order to protect that relationship. And there's a big difference between sanctified jealousy and a sinful jealousy. The Apostle Paul included jealousy as one of the acts of the sinful nature in Galatians chapter 5. No time to go there. That's a selfish kind of jealousy. But let me just give us a distinction of sinful jealousy and sanctified jealousy. You know, there's a, I'm going to show you a graph. No? Um, you know, in sanctified jealousy, actually there's... Okay, if I may just go there. The, the, the focus of, sanct, of, of a selfish or sinful jealousy is actually the self. 
That's the focus of sinful jealousy. The focus of sanctified jealousy is the beloved. It's towards the other person. The motive of sinful jealousy is driven by pain or desire to inflict pain. The motive of sanctified jealousy is love and concern for the beloved. When it comes to sacrifice, sinful jealousy sacrifices the beloved and the beloved is the one that bears the price. But when you talk about a sanctified jealousy, the lover is the one that sacrifices and bears the price. And what's the goal? In, sanctif- or in sinful jealousy, the goal is to get even or to release pain. But yet, in sanctified jealousy, the goal is to restore that relationship. Wow. How many of you know now, when you talk about God's jealousy for His people, it's all but pure and sanctified. Amen. And some people would actually say that jealousy and love does not fit together. You know, when you talk about love, it doesn't fit with jealousy. Because if you love someone, then you will not be jealous with that person. Maybe you're talking about the sinful type of jealousy. You ought not. But if you have a godly kind of jealousy... You will do everything in your might to protect that particular relationship that you have. You know, I believe that godly jealousy is consistent with love. When we love someone, we can't help but be concerned, passionate, and even be jealous for the well-being of our beloved. And I believe that mothers, praise God, another example, boom, are excellent examples of this kind of love. You know, try telling a mom to ter- turn off her passion and love for and concern for her children. How many of you know that it's impossible? You know, even if a child is actually wayward and it's not obedient, and you know, you know, it's just getting into her nerves. So she will not give up on that child because she is passionately in love with that child. A husband may try to tell his wife to just release her children. She cannot not care. She's made for this. Built in her is the huge capacity to hope and to love her children. And how many of you are grateful for mothers for that? God made them that way. Praise God for moms. Moms, we love you. We appreciate you. Love, thank you. Uh. Love you. Lunch tie later. It will not be okay for her if her children will be deprived of the best that she can actually give herself. It doesn't make sense. In fact, God has likened His love to the love of a mother. Isaiah chapter 66 verse 13 says, As one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you. You shall be comforted in Jerusalem. Isaiah 49 verse 15, Can a woman forget her nursing child? that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb. Yet even these may forget, says the Lord, yet I will never forget you. There's a song back in the 80s. Malilimutan ba ng ina ang anak na galing sa kanya? Tapos na. Ayoko na. You know, definitely, you know, there's, there's something about the love of God. He even uses the analogy of a mother. Because closest to us 
in our life. In fact, you're probably hearing the news and, you know, um, this, this black guy who was murdered by the policeman, George Floyd. And the very last words that were uttered from his mouth was mother. He was calling his mom. You know, there's something about us children that cries out for mom. Because mom has given everything to us. God is so passionately in love with us that he will not be willing to share us with any other idol. And I believe moms are like that. Would you allow your spouse to date her former girlfriend or boyfriend even just for one weekend? Of course not, right? I mean, who's, who's crazy enough to allow that? I mean, if we humans will not allow that, how much more our God to us? Will God share us with any idols? I don't think so. God is jealous. He's passionately in love with us. He wants exclusivity in this relationship with us. You know, as Christians, we bear the name and the character of Christ. And those who reflect His name should also be passionately in love with Him. Jealous for the things of God. And we see men in the Bible, we have no time for this anymore. You know, Elijah, you know, who's so jealous for God, killed 450 prophets of Baal. David was so zealous for God in bringing the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. The Apostle Paul talks about this in Corinthians. And he said this, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2, I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promise you to be the husband to Christ so that I might present to you as a pure virgin, are you as a pure virgin to Him. You know, in the ancient times, most people have multiple gods. I don't know why, because maybe in case one does not work, he has got another extra god. They've got idols. Before, you know, before God appeared to Abraham, they've got multiple, they're pagan. And I believe that this kind of religion is like politics. You know, you want to make your God happy. Whoever's happy, then at least you can go to that God. But when God came, He does not want us to come to Him like a politician. He treats us, us like a spouse in marriage. The description is not politics. The description is actually a marriage covenant. There's an exclusive love relationship between us and our God. God wants to have a love relationship, not just a fling. He wants a permanent relationship with us. Amen? You know, I believe that God does not want us to have casual inquiries or be a casual inquirer. You know, sometimes marriages, you know, as a pastor, I actually have counseled some. And I've seen some marriages being destroyed by bad things. You know, like one of the major is adultery. Maybe violence or addiction or drunkenness or maybe porn, or anger, or unforgiveness. But yet I also saw that there are times when marriages are actually destroyed by good things that have actually become more important than the spouse. Like work. How many of you know that work is a good thing? But because the spouse have put more importance in the work rather than the other, her, his or her spouse, then it became bad in marriage. Or kids. How many of you know that kids are a blessing? But if kids are put before your relationship with God and your spouse, then there's something wrong. 
in-laws. I mean, if you are in-laws, are a blessing as well. Yung mga binan natin, thank you Lord for our binans, right? But yet, if you prioritize your own parents over your spouse, and that becomes a problem. And all these things will become an illegitimate affair in that particular marriage because it is actually taking away something from the heart of a spouse. You know, the covenant of marriage requires that our whole heart is given to the person that we love. Not partial, but whole. In the same way, if there's anything that is more important than our relationship with God, that becomes an idol in our life. Amen. And God is not going to allow that. My question for us today as I end is, will you give your full commitment to God? You know, God requires nothing less from us because He has given us everything that He has to offer, including His beloved Son, Jesus, on the cross. God's jealousy means that we have to put Him as first place in our life. That He is our priority. God's jealousy means that we are also to actually be loyal and faithful to Him. It talks about fidelity. And God's jealousy talks about us being intimate with Him. That we're not just to be a casual inquirer. You know, nowadays, when you want to go to a restaurant, they have what you, uh, what you call curbside order. Right? Because you cannot go in because of the quarantine. What you do is you call in advance and curbside, you park there at the curbside, and then you pick up the food and drive off. God does not want us to have that kind of relationship with Him. It's not a curbside relationship. God wants us to go inside the restaurant, sit down, take your time to order, fellowship, chat, enjoy the company, sit down, relax. Not enjoy the movie. But to be in an intimate relationship with Him. Because God's jealousy for us is an expression of His passionate love for us. Let me say that again. God's jealousy for us is an expression of God's passionate love for us. Let's just bow right now as we close. And I want to pray for those who are Maybe having some tugs in your heart, you know, temptations. It's a call to repentance from idolatry. Lord, we're asking that you forgive us. And if you are here today, maybe you're here in the center, you're watching from your screens from home. If this message has touched you or convicted you in some sort, maybe the Holy Spirit is telling you that there, are, there, there have been idols in your life. It may be in the form of a relationship. It may be in the form of possessions. It may be in the form of pride. Whatever it is, just go ahead and say, Lord, I repent. I'm sorry. I've allowed this thing to capture my heart. And I will bring you back in my heart as its rightful Lord and King. Thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. And Father God, I just pray that you would bring back the intimacy that we have with you. Can we just lift up our hands today all across the street? In fact, they all stand up right now. Lord, we're just lifting up our hands to you. Crying out for grace. Thank you for being jealous for us. 
Father God, now when we see the word jealous, we will appreciate the fact that you are passionately in love for us, with us, that you want to have an exclusive place in our life. And I thank you, Lord God, that you will draw us near, that we will be exclusively intimate with you, God, every single day. We will enjoy our time and our company with you. That we will put you, Lord, and Savior and Master, and really enjoy you as our Father. Because you have drawn us to you and opened the door for us to become your children. Children that have been chosen. Children that are made holy. Children that are loved and never abandoned. Thank you, God, for that. Let me put your hands down. For those of you who are watching at home, maybe you have actually gone through this uh, broadcast and you don't know Jesus. I want to pray for you right now. If you want to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ and receive His forgiveness and have a personal relationship with Him, I'd like to invite you to pray along with me, okay? Would you do that? Can we just bow our heads right now and just follow along with me? Just say, Lord Jesus, I confess that I am a sinner needing a Savior. Thank you for going to the cross and sacrificing your life so that I may be saved and forgiven. I confess that Jesus is Lord and I believe that He is raised from the dead. Therefore today, I know for certain that I am saved I am going to heaven and I have eternal life and I am now a child of God. I thank you for this. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Give you a lot of hand for those of you who prayed that prayer. Today is the first day of your eternal life. Congratulations. Make sure to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to share this message with your friends too. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.victorialamang.church.